Crusaders, welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me as always is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and lighter, and the guy who's also known as Big Bad Will, it's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. Big Bad Will. William, no. <laughs> That's what you said to me when we were kids, and I'm like, I don't know. I knocked over like a lamp. Oh, wait, no, that, that was you that did that. Even my memory's tricking me. <laughs> Do you remember when we were kids and you, you knocked over our grandmother's lamp and you blamed it on me? Yes, I do remember that now. At first I was like, did I do that? And now I have a vivid memory of getting away with it. Yeah, I remember I, I, I got sent to like my room and you like went downstairs and I think you were given like ice cream or something. I was like, <laughs> this is fucked up. <laughs> I just would love to see that moment when you smash that lamp, you look at you like, He's going to have to go down for this. He did it. I can't, I, can't, I can't be the full guy for this one. Well, that's what I said, right? When I dropped the lamp, I was like, lamp, no. <laughs> but that's what I was saying. You were like, William, no, you broke the lamp. Like, Are you gaslighting me? I'm four. Gaslighting, no. All right. Well, we're Fuck obviously. Fuck the costume. <laughs> I hate costume so much. Such a prick in the past. Oh, God. Yeah, I was. Ah, those were the days. <laughs> all right, well, we're here to review Two-Face Part 1. But first, as always, we're going to get through all of the little segments that we do at the start. Like the art life. How is the art life going, bud, for you? Well, I'm glad this is a audio-only podcast because you're talking to Jerry Garcia on the other line right now. <laughs> yeah. so overgrown. You look like Cousin It. <laughs> I look like Clancy Brown in real life. <laughs> With big, big fucking huge beard. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, this uh, flash work has destroyed me. Like, I signed up to try and do a page a day of pencils and inks because... Uh, just to see if I could do it. Because, you know, there's been days in my deadlines, sure, when I can get a page a day done, like, at the end of a project. But this is, like, 11 pages in 11 days. Like, Oof. It's destroyed me. Like I'm just, I'm just so. This is the this is the ugly side to what you do, right? And like, it's always good to share it. I mean, obviously, you don't have to share all of the intimate details, but it's a job, and it's a tough fucking job, and it's a really hard industry to stay current in and to meet all those deadlines. And I know it really gets you sometimes. It's because the the Flash is double shipping. They they release two episode two issues a month, and I think that's probably because. They wanted all of their issues 800s to come out at the same time. Right. Um, but, like, you know, the worst thing is, like, look, you know, for instance, the other night I had trouble, you know, I had a bad night's sleep. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take, you know, sleep in in the morning and then get to work. You, you have to go. You got to yeah. work. Otherwise, it doesn't get done. So, yeah, I'm glad. I've only got two pages left now, but I really, really am burnt out. And it's like one side of it's like, oh, well, but you do that work quick so you can take, like, time off afterwards. I'm like, yeah, but the time off that I take afterwards would be equal to like the full time of me working. So I'm just making the same amount of money again. And this is, it's way worse to like rush and go crazy and then sit on your ass for like a week. Like, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm very holly and jolly as you can hear. (laughs) There's two sides to you, you might say. That's right. I might need to break out big bad will to get me through the deadline. Suddenly you're just flipping a coin, <laughs> just staring at me, sweating profusely. That dude sweat a lot in this episode. Yes, he did. 
All right. So uh, the art life, obviously, the update there is it's going as well as it could. But... Oh, but my Kickstarter was fully yes. funded. Your Kickstarter, we've already announced that, but it's not only been fully funded, but why don't you tell everyone what happened after the last part? Uh, we did um, the live stream with me and my brother on my YouTube channel, which went well. <laughs> you know, really? Yeah, it did. It just for yeah, some audio reason, was was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah, for some reason I couldn't get the Zoom audio to go through OBS. All you streamers out there know what I'm talking about. I couldn't I couldn't get it to work, and I was going. My brother was watching me. I was going insane, full on like. When our dad gets angry, he goes into a certain rage mode. I was doing that, like, oh, fuck, fuck, That's your big bad heart. (laughs) Oh, that's true, it is. And I was punching, I was, like, slamming the desk with my fist, like, I'm so angry! (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, but we still managed to do it. We had to have his audio come through my phone, literally, like, a phone call of his audio, but the video was there. (laughs) I just want to hear the two-faced music now, watching you have those, like, moments where you're like, (laughs) boop, boop. I can't figure out the audio. It, it does work. Yeah, I think it's also because um, I to get through this deadline, I put I put a back of cigarettes because I was like, "Fuck this! I need like some sort of release." Because I, you know, I I used to smoke. I don't smoke regularly anymore. Um, but sometimes you just gotta buy a pack. Of I like but... tell you, I'm like, it's time to calm down, buddy. You're like, shut up, you fat twit. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, yeah, I I found that my my fuse is shorter when I'm smoking cigarettes. Oh, that's usually like, the opposite way I, around I, I when could, you quit. I could, not, I could not find the remote for my fucking life the other day on the sofa. And I, and I wanted to go back because I missed something in a show that was important. And the show just kept rolling on <laughs> and I couldn't stop it. You're like, I and need to see that again. I was freaking out. My wife was like, go outside and have a cigarette. I will find the fucking remote. And that's what I did. And it was bad. I was like, oh, I think it's because when the, you can have a fag at the end of it, you're like, that's it. I'm going to go have a fag, right? Like, you're like, okay. ah, I'm not a the release. Oh, that, and you're just outside. You've been sent outside like a dog that's in trouble. <laughs> She's inside fixing the problem. <laughs> okay, you can come back in now. I found the remote. Okay. But anyway, the Kickstarter went very well. Um, yes, I'm very overfunded. Happy. It is. It was overfunded by a thousand pounds, which is incredible. Amazing. It means I can use that money to fund paying for the next cover artist and uh, hopefully getting some pages colored up front for the next one to show as a preview because i don't know when i'm going to launch issue two i haven't decided yet because i don't want to do it too early where people are like what i just gave you money for this or I yeah but maybe they'll late. be hankering hankering for the next issue right like i've just read well, that I've got, a, I've got a finish like it's not like they're getting it right it's not like they've no. it and it's been sent to them it's gonna take months to come because i have to draw eight pages myself i've got to get the whole book colored and i don't want to just send it off to a printer immediately i i need to get printer samples sent to me because i like you know me i'm a stickler for like stuff to be perfect and I yeah not, of course i do not want like even if like the paper's too thin or too thick i was gonna drive me nuts so it's gonna take a while that's why i made the due date for the book in august so we'll see so your wife is going to be sending you outside a lot during this process <laughs> yes <laughs> All right, you ready? The sun is coming in. <laughs> Jesus Christ, sweating ass over here. <laughs> you ready for Kate Capers? Yes. Showtime. The Joker's escape from Arkham Asylum, Robin. All work and no play, you know. It's going to be one of those nights. I don't have time for jokes. Hey, no problemo, Batman. Quiet. Come on, let's do a pizza run. You don't touch anything. 
say anything or do anything unless I tell you. Got it? Relax. You've had a busy day. All right, this week's Cape Capers has been written in by listener Glenn Whitman. Glenn has said, after hearing Alex's hilarious Scottish accent, I'd love to hear more from you both. So my Cape Caper scenario is... Batman creates an accent-making machine as a useful tool for all of his disguises. Robin accidentally turns it on and switches the accents of everyone in Wayne Manor before breaking it. Batman and Robin must then enlist the help of tech genius, the Mad Hatter, to help them switch it back. Love the pod and keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Glenn, for writing in. All right, so... Let's, Let's choose some PC accents that we can do. I've got I've got a, a few off the top of my head that I was thinking about that would be acceptable. Immediately you're like Asian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking German would be okay. acceptable. Uh, Italian would be acceptable. An American Southern accent. I know you do like some good different regions of the Deep South. Right. Do that. <laughs> yes, I do. I say grande. <laughs> um, so that would be good. Robin needs to be able to be high pitched as well. I was thinking, you know, something like maybe Irish because I can. Irish can be high pitched. Irish yes. can be high pitched. And look, man, I I've already said this to you. I think Alfred has to be Australian because I think an Australian Alfred would be just like Crocodile Pennyworth would just be amazing. Like, good day, Master Bruce. All right, all right. What's going on in the back cave then? <laughs> it's a bit South African as well. <laughs> yes, I am definitely from Australia. <laughs> this is my Australian authentic accent. Okay, so, all right. Just to, uh, to, when we get to the Mad Hatter as well, we'll figure it out. But right now, just to speed up this whole scenario. Oh, what's this in the back here? Mm, this oh, no, that's that. Wait, but what is it, Batman? It's got a shiny red button. I want to press yes. it. it. It says change accents here. Don't press it, Robin. No. I pressed it. <laughs> Why did you press button there, little Rob? Oh, no. Oh, Robin, you fuck up so hard. What have you done? Oh, the Batman. Oh, what's going on here? Why do I sound like this? <laughs> I thought voice was supposed to be high pitch. I'm trying to go high pitch, Batman. Maybe a little bit more leprechaun. Yeah, lucky charms in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, in it. Bell's whiskey. Not very good. G'day. Uh, what's going on with me voice then? Robin hit button on machine, change accent for us all. What's what's wrong with um why am I going South African? What's wrong with you two fucking prawns? <laughs> that is South African. I know, that's I'm just <laughs> Alfred South African. It's not an easy accent to do. I love that it's like you, you've accidentally stumbled into South African. Alfred South African now. Cannot believe it. I am Alfred Penny's with. <laughs> <laughs> Master Bluce, Master Bluce, Master what's Bruce. going on? What's going on down in the big cave? I'm down in the big cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bit, man. Oh, we're going to have to figure this out, everybody, because I can't keep on speaking like this. I'm dressed already. Problem with machine boy wonder is hit button once only goes one way. Cannot take button backwards. Oh, the Batman, why would you do that to Batman? Because I was still building it. Batman. Robin. Oh, the Batman. Robin. Oh, Batman. <laughs> Robin. 
Why are you the way you are? I go find cool guy Jason Todd. He's a real cool guy. He says he'd be my new sidekick. And I say, uh, that sounds pretty groovy to me, Dad, yo. <laughs> no one says groovy anymore, Batman. Well, I say groovy because I still stuck in Soviet Union mindset. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go and find some help for this. Please, let us go find only Mian. <laughs> Mian. <laughs> Give this man his money. <laughs> we go find only man who can fix machine. Very mad man. Mad hatter. <laughs> oh, to mad hatter. Like one that I wear on top of my head like a leprechaun. You don't wear hat. No, but apparently I do now because I'm speaking like this. I thought voice was supposed to be high pitched. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Went a bit Mrs. Doubtfire oh. on that one. <laughs> Help is on the way. <laughs> Get out of the cave, then. <laughs> Alfred, you're really not helping in situation. What did you fuck off? <laughs> Again, a- accent machine seems to be on the trip with your voice. <laughs> All right, so who are we going to have Mad Hatter be? Oh, for crumbs. Uh, well, well, didn't I give you a list the other day of, like, here's some people I could do impersonations of? You did. I didn't write them down. <laughs> oh, buddy! <laughs> Well, hang on. Let's just off the top of my head, okay? I've got some. Didn't I say Hagrid the other day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You want a Mad Hatter to be Hagrid, Mad Hagrid? I love Hagrid, Mad Hatter, Mad Hagrid. Why you? Are you doing things? <laughs> You're gonna have to switch. I'm, at, I'm, I'm at a tea party and I'm pouring some tea for all the little rabbits that I can see. Yarder. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna have to rhyme. I wouldn't make. I wouldn't put yourself in that challenge. Maybe I'm Tom Bombadil, and I don't know. <laughs> hey, hello, there, Mr. Batman, a little man. <laughs> Fancy seeing you guys around these parts. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's it's the Mad Hagrid. <laughs> I forgot we were doing accents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, what's going on with your voice there, little boy wonder? Oh, I don't know. I see, I pressed the button, and then the button went poof, and suddenly I sounded like this. He's not telling fibs there, Mad Hatter. Listen to As him. As you can see, I have now a very authentic <laughs> Russian accent. Holy <laughs> Union era. And my Irish is just pitch perfect. Well, I've never sounded a weirder sounding voice in my life, I have, huh? <laughs> I, I cannot understand, understand what... <laughs> <laughs> we both have no fucking clue what you just said. That'd be amazing. He's trying to explain how to fix it. <laughs> we can't understand him. <laughs> don't worry about that. I, I go put the kettle on and we'll go sort it out, shall we? I think we need the accent machine for Mad Hagrid just to understand him. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll push the button myself, change my accent. Here we go. Hello there, everybody. It's me. Who's you this? Te- you probably couldn't tell when I said those words, but maybe if I keep speaking, you might be able to tell what I'm trying to do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very terrible Dumbledore, Harry. It's very, very bad. <laughs> okay, I'm with you now. Hang on, let me push that button again. Hello, Batman. <laughs> and Robin. <laughs> push the button again, because this is also a terrible accent. Oh, that was a bit funny. So apparently you press it three or four times. Let's go go back to your regular accent. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's go okay. for it. Yes, you'll go first, Robin. Push button, see what accent comes out. <laughs> Make sure it's not racist or offensive in any way. Oh, Please click button. I don't want to do it, Batman. 
Oh, and push that little button there, little chum. Hey, it's me, Alabin. I'm going to make you all of the delicious food and the pizza. That sounds pretty offensive to me. <laughs> better we don't know about that one. Better place it again. <laughs> better press button again, Robin. I'll, I'll, I'll press button. See what happens. Okay. Beep. Oh, I see, I see. My voice has changed now. Oh, oh dear. This is much worse than before. Oh, I suddenly have a, a big hackroom for a for a crawdad sandwich and something else from New Orleans. I see. I see. I see. <laughs> what accent? Oh, yeah, the Italian. You were better do it and hit a button again. <laughs> oh, what if we hit button at the same time, Crawdad? <laughs> then that saves me having to come up with another accent. Oh, it's oh no, we have no accents now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Batman. I'm like totally stoned. Oh, fuck it. Fuck's sake, I hit the fucking button. Oh, I don't know where I'm fucking from. I'm fucking. Oh. <laughs> Whoa, Batman! <laughs> it's like totally different region of the United it's Kingdom. It's part of the bloody country. It's a bit farther up. Actually, <laughs> it's not very good. It's a bit Liverpool and a bit Manchester, and I kind of <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> One more button press, Batman. No, my voice. It's, it's going a little... I feel like there's something stuck in my phone a little bit. Oh. No, I've, oh. never done, I've never done this accent before, but you know what? It's not that bad, I think. <laughs> oh, jeez, boss. Boss, that's a good one, boss. Oh, maybe we'll, should we stick around with these voices? I think bit? we can really intimidate the criminals in Gotham with these voices, boss. Yeah, I think so, too. Hang on, let me try Let me try this sometime. Boo, I am the Batman. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm also <laughs> thinking of gaining 300 pounds, Robin. What do you think about that? <laughs> I think I'm going to look a lot skinnier, boss. <laughs> Standing next to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? We can't have that. I'm going to click the button. No, wait, no. Uh, I think we're back to normal now, Robin. Uh, oh, I'm back, Batman. Hooray. <laughs> well, we solved the problem. But, Mad Hatter, I see you've got a bunch of people tied up in the corner. I'm going to have to take you in. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> when I do my Robin, I like... Have you noticed? I like do this. Up, I yeah, put yeah. my shoulders up. <laughs> like a little boy, like getting an ice cream or something. Oh, like, thank you for my ice cream, peppers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's Batman and Robin switch accents. That was a challenge. No, it's one accent we didn't even think about doing in all of that when we were struggling to figure them. What's it? different, like, English accents, you know? Oh, my God, we're so stupid. Oh, bloody hell. Why did we do that? Two we can both do very well. Very well. Two posh Englishmen. All right, if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a written review on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we'll read it out on the pod, because we're fueled by praise. For example, listener Caleb Powell gave us a five-star review lately and said... I love this podcast. I've always been a huge Batman fan and I grew up watching this show as a child. So to find a podcast that talks about what they like, fun facts and more is really special. These guys are great. I get a good laugh out of the show and it feeds that Batman nostalgia for me. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Well, that's very nice. Thank you, Caleb. That's super generous. So yeah, leave those reviews, guys. That helps us a lot and we love to read them. We'll read them out in the pod. Also remember to tell a friend about the pod or share it on your socials as that's the fastest way to grow a podcast. Go follow us on social media 
media at Batman TAS pod on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, on YouTube, everywhere but Twitter, which is at Batman TAS pod one. And that's because why? Because we are the number one Batman the Animated Series podcast. You're goddamn right. And on our socials or in the description of this episode, you'll find a link tree account, which includes a tip chart where you can give us any amount of money you can afford to give if you so wish. Podcasts cost money and become even harder to monetize these days. And as we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And a big shout out to listener Tommy Blankow, who recently left us a big old tip. So greatly appreciated there as well, Tommy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tommy. And finally, you can follow me. Tommy Blankow. (laughs) And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson. And you can follow Will on his socials. Stay up to date on what he's working on now and go to the glimpse into the work of a comic book artist and writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? you anywhere at robson inc and that's r-o-b-s-o-n-i-n-k that's right god that's always such a great fun but challenging bit for me because it's your voice dropped decimals as you went like where anybody can find you (laughs) i always like to switch it up so you know i'm not just doing the same old thing otherwise i'll just pre-record it so that's all true. of that we could just do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but then i like to do the shout outs and stuff so that's I good just not, i just noted well i'll i'll include it in the edit okay so we're getting into some news first before our episode review first of all it is heavily rumored that the batman 2 will feature clayface as the main villain or one of the main villains coming out matt reeves the batman 2 sources say that the script is constantly changing but he is included for now as so, is clayface's identity oh how do you oh. think they'll do i know you're not the biggest fan it's of the universe the, the chameleon than clayface isn't it he's just it will be, be like, right it's gonna be like oh we don't know he could be anybody because he's like changing his nose around and shit like that yeah but, which is sort of like what the animated series does to begin with before yeah, he turns not, into he's not gonna be the big bulking poo monster that he becomes i know just like a big can of refried beans or something like just a big melted piece of chocolate ice cream. <laughs> mud monster which sounds really sexual now <laughs> uh that's i didn't get that from it at all so it just shows how your mind works yeah like, that's oh, a mud monster oh yeah <laughs> uh, that's what i call nope i'm not gonna say it <laughs> So, yeah, I I think you're right. I think that's exactly what they'll do with Clayface. Um, So, yeah, we'll wait to see, but that's part of the news. Next up, The Haunting of Hill House and Doctor Sleep director Mike Flanagan has also pitched Warner Brothers Studios heads James Gunn and Peter Safran on a solo Clayface feature, but the character wouldn't be depicted as a villain. I think that sounds poo. I think that sounds mud monster poo. I I love Mike Flanagan. I think he's an amazing visual director, but I don't want to see that. It's just no. because from the outside looking in, he's like, well, they have like a Joker movie. That's like a separate thing. I'll do a Clayface. Kind of yeah. like DC's answer to the shitty Marvel, like. Which aren't working. Venoms and Morbius and all this. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. I, I don't want to see that. You know, no. Mike Flanagan, you can just rip off Clayface and do your own horror movie. Like, yeah, it's he doesn't need you can it doesn't have to be clay. You know, it could, nope. it could just be Mud Monster yeah, coming this else. summer. How <laughs> I want Mud Monster to be his name. <laughs> Mud Monster, no. <laughs> I had a Mud Monster before I started this podcast. You know <laughs> That's a Clayface in my bowl right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was squirting. 
Were you sweating like Harvey Dent before he turns into Two Face? Recently, I've been trying to disgust my wife so much by saying like the worst possible thing you could say about. Why? Her. Why would you do that to her? Because I love getting a reaction out of her. It's what keeps me going through the day. <laughs> So this, well, this morning I ran to the toilet. I was like, oh, I'm going to squirt dirt. She was like, ah. <laughs> the worst thing she ever heard. She's like, squirt dirt. Like, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's what Clayface says before he turns. <laughs> before, before he finishes. Oh, I'm going to squirt dirt. <laughs> oh, it's the only way I can get hard and come, but <laughs> <laughs> I had someone say that to me on my social media the other day. It was very funny. That's amazing. Uh, and then next bit of news, David Gordon Green's upcoming Exorcist movie. I included this because I know you're mm. quite excited for this. It has been confirmed to serve as a direct sequel to William Friedkin's original horror classic, which is bringing back Linda Blair, who played the character Regan McNeil, the demon-possessed girl from the first film. So it has been confirmed that she is reprising her role as Regan McNeil. Sounding a bit like, they're like, hey, doing Halloween set in the same yes. universe. But that, like, the first one sequel. worked really well that halloween it movie did. the first halloween movie was was good the remake um yeah. yeah look the poster is awesome um the exorcist still today i've been exposing myself right now recently to a lot of horror because i'm writing a horror book potentially drawing a horror book and i'm just trying to i'm gathering a bunch of reference of like what images scare me and like so a, a lot of it is little girl from the exorcist for some reason that really does me me in. It's just something I find terrifying. And it really has not been a good possession movie, I'd say, since that. What, since The pretty, Exorcist? Yeah, they've all been pretty subpar, in my opinion, in comparison. The only one exorcism scene I could think of that uh, I was like, oh, I like this, is the, even though the series kind of fell apart, but uh, what's the... The one? Conjuring. Yeah, the Conjuring exorcism scene. That's very good, but it just seems like Every single exorcism, anything to do with exorcists and exorcism, they play all of the tropes from that first movie, right? Like, it's all just yeah. like, it's usually a little girl. It's like someone's in a 90, someone's crawling up like a wall and spinning their head around, being yeah. sick. And like, yeah, you're right. It's like every, like, it's like that movie made, like, these are the essential rules to it. And I, but it's kind of like what Jaws did with shark movies, right? Like, any shark movie that's trying yeah. to go near it is just ripping off Jaws. All right, and our final bit of news. Batman, The Cape Crusader, the show that's supposed to be a lot like Batman, the animated series and co-produced by Bruce Timm, has recently got some more news. Co-executive producer Jace Ricci has said, I'm a co-EP on Bruce Timm's new Cape Crusader series and wrote the first episode for that and worked on the finale and a bunch of other episodes, he explained. It's just really fun to take this character who, despite there being so many different interpretations, there's always something very solid at the core there that people respond to. So when talking about the show, he said, it is so exceptional and so much fun. So this show is sounding pretty promising, man, this Cape Crusader show. I'm looking mm. forward to it. Yeah, I, I think there's still, uh, I have to wait and see, right? Yeah, I want to see, I want to see some animation, like, you know, some clips from it. I want to know who's doing what voices. Obviously, sadly, we won't have Kevin Conroy or Mark Hamill anymore. But I'm looking forward to new people stepping in. I'm looking forward to stories that have a Batman the Animated Series vibe, but in this universe. And if I like the look and feel of this universe, I feel like we're going to have, you know, kind of a another animated series, you know, in our laps. Yeah, that'd be great. 
All right. Well, before we review this episode, we always do a casting call for our live action fan casted Batman the Animated Series Universe. So today we have Two Face Harvey Dent. We have not cast Harvey Dent yet or Two Face. Obviously, we wanted to wait for this episode. So, buddy, I'll ask you first who do you have as your fan casted choice for our live action Batman the Animated Series Universe for Harvey Dent and Two Face? I found this one to be pretty tough, actually. Rewatching this episode, I found like, man, Two Face is probably one of the most interesting and best Batman villains there is. Like, the fact that he was like friends with Bruce beforehand is just yeah. such like a unique aspect to the character. And you know, the fact that he has uh, what is it? Is it associative? Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Yes, yeah, but it's split personality is not the medical it's not term just, for it. It's but... not just split personality. It's the thing where you have... What, disassociative with... disorder? Yeah, I can't remember. My wife said it to me the other day, and I was like, that's it. And then my brain just did not register. <laughs> she um, sent you outside for a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I wanted somebody that can be... Seeming like they would be voted in as a DA. Someone polit- like, you know, political. Someone who can be charming. Um, and then someone that can just be completely, you know, full of rage, dark, and turn, and, and turn. Um, and I had a lot of strange choices here, um, but I, in the end, I have gone for an actor called Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. Let me look at him. And up. you would know him from. Uh, he's in an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine where he has been arrested and Jake Peralta and his... Oh, yeah. And he's in Jobu in Black Panther. Yeah, he's in Hotel Artemis. Um, yeah, this guy, I like see him. He's in that show, This Is Us as well. And yeah. the, reason, the reason I chose him is because I've seen him... I think he's an amazing actor, first of all. I really, like, there's something about him. I just like the cut of his jib or whatever the saying is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially in that brooklyn nine nine episode where he's all charming at first like i was doing this i didn't do this and just speaking and being like normal and then the moment peralta gets to him like he flips and just goes you know a war and i was right that dichotomy of the two sides uh, that someone can do in in a single character in a 20 minute episode of tv i was like that's to me was like a casting call for two-faced so that's why i chose sterling k brown Okay, cool. I like that choice. That's a good choice. That makes sense. I also have gone with what you were saying about someone that you can see being elected has like a charming side to him. Also, there's an innocent and soft side to Harvey as well, especially in that Pretty Poison episode, you know, where he was just like swept up by Poison Ivy. But he was quite a bit of innocence to him, Um, but also can go very dark and menacing. So be charming, have all of the right attributes, as you said. So I was going back and forth. I found this quite difficult as well. I also wanted to choose someone that was the same age as our Bruce Wayne, Miles Teller. I wanted someone that you could see them being friends because mm-hmm. that's an important aspect. Um, the first person that came to mind, actually, and I did some other searching, but I kept on going back to him, is Penn Badgley from You because he, in that show, embodies two different types of people. He's the charming guy that's getting people like to like him and he knows what to say and he's very like presentable, but he's also a really dark and menacing dude, as we've seen in that show, that does some really fucked up shit. And he, when he 
when he turns in that show, whenever like someone discovers his secrets, he's like scary, you know, like he explodes on them. Mm. And I think he would be, he kind of looks like Harvey Dent from the show as well. I can see him with the slick back hair, you know, and like the nice suit. I can see him and Miles Teller being good friends. So my choice is Penn Badgley. I think your choice is better than my choice. I think that's actually a really good choice. Hey, thank you. Hey, Um, I got one. Do you want to hear my other two choices? Yes, please. Uh, My other choice was uh, John Berthnall. Oh, yeah? There's a guy like Shane where he starts off as like a charming, nice guy and then turns into a fucking batshit crazy man. Oh, I like Um, that. The Punisher, obviously, as well. And he looks like him and you could just see him being like, Big bad Harvey, right? Like, oh, that's like, really good, but I like that. I think he's a little too old. That's why I didn't choose him. He's a little bit too old, but I, th- uh, I thought it wasn't a bad choice. And then my other left field choice, which I like, even though it's weird, it's weird when you hear it, but it does kind of weirdly work. Is Colin Hanks, who's Tom Hanks, Ooh, a very famous yeah. actor in his own right. He's been in so many. Every time I see him in something, he's good. He's in Mad Men. He's in Fargo. He's in loads of stuff but particularly his his job in dexter where he's like just like an innocent nice guy but secretly he's like this you know that's a good point murderer and i just thought he kind of looks like harvey dent in a weird way as well but also a bit too old and i also just can't see him being friends with bruce wayne you know no yeah i can see penn badgley also with that blue face and that white hair like i can see him doing that i think john berthnall is a really interesting choice but for an older batman but i think for this i think your choice makes the most sense and he looks more like the two-face from the comic books as well he does you're right um also i had choices of kit harrington who plays Jon snow in game of thrones i thought he had kind of a he had more of a softer side, softer Harvey to him, and I can't really see him doing Two-Face. But I can't he... see that guy being elected as anything. Yeah. yeah, fair dues. And also I had Ben Barnes, who, speaking of The Punisher, plays Jigsaw in The Punisher TV show, and he's also been in Westworld, and he's been in tons okay. of other things. And he's a pretty, like, charming-looking dude that I can see he's quite tall, because Harvey's well, quite tall I mean, as well. Jigsaw is practically Two-Face anyway, just full-face. True. Yeah, that's true. But his, his Jigsaw From was... Now- what you call me well not that version that one's ridiculous applesauce (laughs) i forgot about that movie that's one of the only rare times where i've seen something that i was like thought was good but then i realized later it wasn't and i went to go see it and i was like i'm in the cinema by myself i've got my snacks i'm about to watch the punisher like this looks great and i walked out of there so disappointed and i I I got to go see the movie for free because my friend was buying because he wanted to see it. He also bought me snacks and we smoked a gigantic bowl of marijuana before seeing it. Who says a gigantic bowl of marijuana? That was the poshest way you could have said that. A gigantic bowl of marijuana. (laughs) Uh, Emphasis on the J in the word. I don't smoke weed anymore, but I did when I was, I think, 19 when that I think most people did at 19. Um, And... Yeah, I just was like high as shit. There was no one else in the movie theater. I was watching people do backflips and getting shot by rocket launchers and just having a great old time. <laughs> um, and then I remember telling you like, oh, bro, that movie's so fucking sick, bro. <laughs> as a 19-year-old would say. And then you watch it, you're like, that was a piece of shit. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <And> then, <laughs> Shattered I, your world. And I, when it came out like on video, like I remember buying the DVD and like putting it on, I'd be like, 
oh, this movie sucks. <laughs> that happened with Iron Man 3 as well, right? Yeah, I've also seen a lot of people online recently been like, hey, I don't think that Batman movie that came out recently was very good. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I think I was caught up in the hype upon rewatch. It's not a very good movie. And I'm just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, so our casting call, as going back to our casting call, just want to give a shout out again to TK Adams on Instagram, who's doing some awesome stuff with all of our casting choices, showing what they would actually look like, some amazing art. So go check him out on Instagram right now. All right, bud, are you ready to review this episode? I am. Alright, this episode is titled Two-Face Part 1, came out on November 7th, 1992, directed by Kevin Altieri, written by Alan Burnett and Randy Rogel, featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman Bruce Wayne, Bob Hastings as Commissioner Gordon, Richard Mole as Harvey Dent and Two-Face, Murphy Cross as Grace Lamont, Marie Devon as Summer Gleason, Robert Doqui as The Doctor, Matt Landers as Frankie, Diane Michelle as Candace, Linda Gary as Dr. Nora Crest, Marcelo Tubert as Carlos, and John Vernon as Rupert Thorne. Some creds for you, bud. Writer Alan Burnett is one of the main story editors of Batman the Animated Series and replaced Sean Catherine Derrick, who left the show due to creative differences. We've talked about this before. She was kind of always trying to put a message into the episodes and it was kind of straying away. Mm -hmm. And after she was fighting to keep the backstories of Bullock and Montoya and POV, and she didn't get it. She left the show, and Alan Burnett came in and took her place. Also, I found out she wanted to put a recycling trash bin in the Batcave. That was another thing that she wanted to do. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> Batman leaving and be like, Alfred, always remember to recycle. That's, that's not what the show's about. No, exactly. So Alan Burnett, he wrote the screenplay for Batman Mask of the Phantasm. He also wrote Batman Superman World's Finest, the movie, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman, as well as 11 episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Some of those other credits also include Super Friends, DuckTales, Superman the Animated Series, Freakazoid, Batman Beyond, Batman Gotham Knight, Green Lantern First Flight, and loads more DC animated movies. So he's a big-time DC fan and has written loads for them. The other writer of this episode, writer Randy Rogel, wrote Batman Sub-Zero, the movie, as well as nine episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Some of his other credits include writing for Mighty Max, Sonic the Hedgehog, Animaniacs, and The Zeta Project. We've mentioned this before, but in case you didn't listen to that episode, Richard Moll is Harvey Dent in Two-Face, as well as the voice of the Bat-Computer, Thomas Wayne in Nothing to Fear, Hardak, the evil computer that we'll get to later, and loads more additional voices in this show. He's also the Scorpion in Spider-Man the Animated Series, and the evil villain Dementor, Turbo Man's main villain in Jingle All the Way. Nice. Ta-ta, Turbo Man! <laughs> Robert Doqui is the doctor in this episode, but he's mostly known for playing Sergeant Reed in all the Robocop movies. You know, the guy that like kind of works at the desk? Yeah. That's the voice of the doctor. Matt Landers, who plays Frankie, is also known for playing Fred in the movie Commando. Captain Mitchell in Die Hard, plus additional voices in Superman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond. 
Diane Michelle, who plays Candace, is also known for voicing the character Mira in the Mass Effect games. Did you ever play those? No, I never played them. But you know of them, right? I definitely know of them, yeah. Yeah. Linda Gary, does that name sound familiar to you, bud? It does, yes. Linda Gary, uh, we've heard her voice many a times before on our other podcast, Spider-Man the Animated Series podcast, available wherever you listen to your podcast. Linda Gary, who voices Harvey Dent's therapist, Dr. Nora Crest, is a recognizable name for us because she also plays Aunt May in Spider-Man the Animated oh, Series. I thought her performance in this episode was very good, very She's, grounded and real. Yeah, she was excellent, right? And I thought I felt like she gave a really good believable exposition to why harvey has this dark side to him mm-hmm. and where it wasn't like i'm explaining this for plot it was just like that's what she would say to him to help him you know cope with all of this i thought that was really good and finally john vernon as rupert thorne is also known for playing the mayor in dirty harry dean vernon in animal house dr stone in airplane 2 the voice of general ross in the incredible hulk animated series plus he plays dr strange in spider-man the animated series Rupert Thorne is Doctor Strange. I thought that was fun. Great speaking voice. Yeah, I love Rupert Thorne a lot. Uh, And this is the first time we've seen him, you know, in this show. This was the first episode. So fun facts from my utility belt. The writers felt that this was the first episode where everything gelled and it set the tone for the rest of the series. Do you agree with that? I 100% agree with that. This, This was a next level episode. Like we've been seeing a lot of silly cartoon action for the past couple of episodes. Uh, which don't get me wrong, I very much enjoy because it it's a good laugh. But uh, when I went to watch this one, I told my wife, like, now sit down and watch this because it's very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't like it, Big Bad Will's coming out. Yeah, there was just like, there was no, the only cartoony part of this episode was the beginning with like the way some of the thugs spoke. Yes. When they were like pointing the guy on the shoulder, like, damn, the Batman's right behind us. Oh no. I know. But that opening scene was pure Dark Knight Returns energy, wasn't it? It was, or like even Batman Year One with like the standoff outside and him sneaking around. Yeah, it's a little yeah. blend of both. But those, like, anytime Batman's fighting thugs in an abandoned building, I'm like, that's Dark Knight Returns. Like, yes, that's, that's what that is. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's it's the tone wise, it's it's great. It's not like my wife's watching, like, man, some of this stuff would not fly today for like a kids' cartoon. I was like, nope, not at all. Because there's some adult heavy content in this. Like what? Um, just like, you know, you've clearly got like a mafioso mm-hmm. who's running a, a crime ring. You've got, you know, someone dealing with uh, mental issues. That would never happen in a kid's cartoon. No, nowadays. yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and there was a few other things that, that happened. I can't remember. What. Well, and Candace as well, when they were all fighting, she's like, wild. Wild. I kind of yeah. liked that, though. <laughs> it was very, uh, like, film noiry. What did you think of Candace? Because I have my kind of idea right, what they were going. She's just the epitome of a femme fatale. Femme fatale, but also a bit Batman 66, like, you know, like female villain of the week or female henchwoman. You know what I mean? Like she had that kind no, of vibe to was... her. But I don't think that that's the case because she plays an important part in Thorne's world. Like someone like her can blend in at you know, an office and overhear um what harvey's talking good about. point yeah it's a very uh, good someone point. like her can can get way more information on other people than others because of of the way she is and the way she looks and i really liked her character she just seemed like a pure evil bastard right like she's yeah. like i work for fucking rupert thorne and i fucking love it like that, yeah. and it's like i don't know i, I find it's very femme vital you're right yeah i found her yeah. character very charming um and yeah rupert thorne that voice 
I just want to say like, yeah, Sydney. I don't know why. It's just like a. But yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's it's that gangster tone. I love it. Uh, so some more fun facts. Harvey Dent was originally supposed to be featured more in the show before his inevitable change into Two-Face. But when producers saw Alan Burnett's story, they fast tracked it as they loved it so much. So that's interesting. We would have maybe got more Harvey Dent in episodes and building on his and Bruce's friendship before his fall. But I was I was fine with what we've got so far. Me too. Yeah, I I was absolutely fine with that. And um, I just loved that. I didn't remember how much the show made it that he was pretty much Two-Face before he became Two-Face. Two-Face was like the, the, the event of the explosion is what tipped him completely over the edge. But yeah. I did not remember at all that he had a struggling of like inner personalities beforehand. Like, I right. think it's crazy to me. Yeah, I love that because obviously that's not in the comics. And I, I, I've i always considered that canon more than him just like being a DA that has some acid chucked on him and suddenly he goes crazy. You know, I like him having that internal struggle, which makes sense for him then to become a villain. In the it end. does. I, I, I mean, but I mean, the I do like the original as well, because it's it's literally like it's it's light side, dark side, which I is very good. Like, you know, like you've got the DA and, you know, he's all for like the justice and trying to, to make everything better. And then you've got like, well, I've been fucked and wrecked and now I'm just going to do what all the fucking criminals do and get away with. Like, it's like it's mm. the epitome of like someone going through grief and like putting their finger up saying, fuck the world. I totally understand where that side of two faces. Sure, from. sure. Um, but th- like you said, this having the split personalities uh, in play is really interesting and I, it is better than the white knight uh dark knight and also it comes into play much later on in the series when he becomes the judge character and the idea mm. that there's because you know there's the idea that there could be more than just two personalities is, is very interesting because yeah. there only was another one for protection and since he got burnt on one side it's just saying like oh well you assume it's two but since he already had a condition before he became two-faced it leaves the door wide open where it could be seven different versions. Yeah, no I idea. love that. I mean, that's basically the one's move- just like a puppet on his hand with like eyes. He's like, <laughs> yeah, it's me, four finger face. <laughs> What's the problem today, four finger face? Hey, I keep jerking off two face. Yeah. <laughs> you should have him come all over my mouth. <laughs> you should see the other half of his dick. I thought we established that he had two penises last time. One burnt, <laughs> one regular. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so according to the writers, the scene where Dent first sees his new appearance in the hospital was intended to be similar to the live action film Batman 1989 when gangster Jack Napier oh, first uh, sees his appearance as the Joker. He says mirror and everything. It's he like, does. And he even says, like, um, what's the doctor say? He says, like, in a direct Now, there's going to be some scarring or something yeah. like that. But, yeah, I've I've arranged surgery. Okay, can I just say, that is the worst doctor in Gotham. If you are prepped for surgery and you have a hideous half face, don't be like, so we've got your surgery scheduled for tomorrow, but want to see how fucked up you look before we do it? Like, what an idiot. Why would you do that? Oh, the how good is the matte painting of Two-Face? As they're removing the, um, the well, as they're removing the bandages, bandages. They, I mean, so I was going to ask you, what do you think of the art in this episode? Because I thought it was next level, oh, absolute next level. The it felt so noir, um, just the way everyone's suits and uh, 
like shirts were drawn were yes. really good and just like i don't know the just the whole vibe of this episode is just really well done especially when it there's like there's even a scene when after harvey dent like has a speech and he's like about to he's like oh, i'm gonna marry my fiance who came out of nowhere even though i was dating poison ivy like two episodes ago <laughs> he really wants a fiance right like yeah did you just hire her on like fiance.com or something maybe it's good for his political campaign something like that maybe yeah but um there's a there's just a shot of bruce wayne leaning against the wall and just like the way it looks is i was like that looks awesome yes like, not, e- not even that impressive yeah no he's drinking like a little cup of coffee yes yeah and he's just like you're looking much better harvey i love that um so yeah speaking of his fiance grace's name is a modification of gilda uh from the comics because his fiance's name in long halloween was gilda so they just went with grace instead which is interesting hey grace (laughs) the blessing the blessing (laughs) that's such a deep cut for you National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation fans out there. Oh, God, that was amazing. That would be so- <laughs> That's what Two-Face's voice sounds like. Grace! <laughs> You're a blasting. Uh, so Two-Face, speaking of his voice, was originally supposed to have a Godfather-like voice instead of the raspy one that we got. Can you you just did, yeah. a Marlon Brando. Well, it's me as a big male Harvey. <laughs> well, I, th- I thought that... Um... The way that Harvey Dent looks, this was already based off of Al Pacino, isn't it? Yes, that's true. It's also supposed to be a bit dog day afternoon, Al Pacino. In the scene where the psychiatric is trying to bring out Big Bad Hob with the lightning strikes, Harvey's face briefly flashes to Two-Face. Did you notice that? No. Oh, Bunny. So she's like, can I speak to Big Bad Hob? And the lightning strikes and you see Two-Face's face for like a split second. Oh, really? I must have missed that. Yeah, it's really cool. And in an issue of the Batman Adventures comic book, Harvey was on the verge of being cured when the Joker convinced him that Grace is cheating on him with Bruce. So his evil personality takes hold once again and kidnaps Grace and Batman and Robin foil his plan and send him back to Arkham. Grace, meanwhile, realizes that Dent will never be cured and leaves him. So I think that's a really cool continuation because we don't see Grace after part two. She's just gone. So... It's Did a really Bruce cool. Tim draw and write a mini Two Face comic where he got the surgery and he fixed up his face and he gets like back with Grace and like everything's fine. But in the end, he like like he pours the acid on his his own face to turn. Oh, I don't know. But stuff. if this is it, the facts that I found is if the last time we see Grace is when maybe that story came before the one I've just mentioned, so that's possible. But yeah, the last time we see Grace is. I love the joke of poisoning Two Face's mind, being like Bruce Wayne is sleeping with Grace, and he's just like no, and has to Feels kidnap her. The very dark night, doesn't it? Yeah, but also I wouldn't be surprised if Harvey thought that because it's so fucked up for Bruce to be like, "Better marry her soon, Harvey, or I might steal away from you." I'm like, yeah. buddy, that's a fucked up thing to say to your friend. <laughs> hey, I think that your wife's pretty fit, and I want to bang her. <laughs> <laughs> Some other guy's like, me too. <laughs> Let's have an orgy. Or oh, we're all going to back her at the same time. <laughs> Let's have an orgy in Wayne Manor. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Orgy's on me, but fellas. Oh, everyone come back to Wayne Manor. I'll get my butler and he'll, he'll serve us some lobster dinner. That'll lobster put in a- an orgy. I'm in. <laughs> Grace is like, I'm in. <laughs> That'll put a dent in her campaign. Harvey <laughs> <laughs> Dent's just like, his eyes twitching in the corner, like, ah. <laughs> Maybe that's what she has to call him in bed, Big Bad Hob. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. That's the only way he gets hard and come, bud. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, continuing on. Originally, Harvey Dent would have been disfigured when Batman chases a thug into the middle of a stakeout he was supervising. Acid meant for Batman would hit Harvey, turning him into Two-Face. Two-Face, after going on a crime spree, plans to lure Batman into a trap to make him pay for his failure. Would you have liked that better, or do you like how he became Two-Face in this episode? No, I, I prefer that in the episode, because it's it's a bit Batman's fault in this, which I really... Yes! Like. I, didn't, I, I have that in my notes. I didn't notice that until this time around. Batman is solely responsible for creating Two-Face in this episode. Yeah, but I mean, the guy would have shot and killed him, so he had to stop True. the shooting from happening. So he's not directly responsible, but he is still part of the... The turning, that's for sure. Yeah. When Harvey Dent has his bandages removed after the accident in part one, both of his arms are normal. Yet in part two, his left arm is blue and scaly like his face. So that was a bit of an animation error there. And also when the lightning flashes and we see Two-Face for the first time, he has a white eyebrow where the iconic Two-Face has a black eyebrow. Yep, you're right. Good catch. That's in the notes as well. When Thorne throws the newspaper in the fire, a few frames of animation are briefly seen that say cut these frames and i paused it and it does as the newspaper's burning it just says like briefly it flashes cut these frames so obviously that was for the animators and they didn't they didn't do that and finally when rupert thorne is reading harvey dent's psychological profile there are no words written on the newspaper that he's reading so with two-face in this in this whole animated series is this your definitive two-face or is there one Uh, there's no other two-face yes i agree Hands down. Look, Tom Lee Jones is a lot of fun because it's a bit nostalgic from our past. And he does have some great, like, remember it, like, lines that you could do. Let's start this party with a bag. Let's start this party with a bag is like, something I say all the time. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something else. That, uh, oh, why? 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 Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> I love that too. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy Jones just brings As, like the crazy Batman yeah. 66 Two Face we never got to see, right? But and there's a way he does a love all for He's like, I'm all free. I'm starting to think Tony Lee Jones is your two-face with how much you're praising him right now. No, it's just, uh, just, and like, oh, but that flashback scene when you see like him as Harvey Dent is still so really good in that film. Yes. Yeah. But it's so brief though, right? Like yeah. give me more of that. Um, but okay. So we've got that dream sequence at the beginning with Harvey Dent. And I really like that immediately sets the tone for the whole episode, right? Like this is a totally different episode than what you've seen so far. And what I did find quite funny, though, is Harvey woke up in such a major sweat. And then I noticed throughout the entire episode, every time he changed into Big Bad Harv, it was like he just ran a marathon type sweat. Like that dude must stink. Like think about how bad he must stink, like out in public. I hope he's not a guy who eats a lot of cold cuts because that's going to be coming right (laughs) through that suit. They call me stink face. (laughs) Cold cut Harvey. Harvey, no, <laughs> just holding your nose like, oh, stinks. So I love the police raid, as we've said, that was such a great scene and might be my contender for Love That Batman, by the way. Oh, easily. The, what, the Batman on the roof that turns around? No, that's not mine. Is that yours? Yeah. Mine oh, is... Oh, what, when he just drops down? Yes, I love that so much. That's because... that segment done. <laughs> Apparently no theme tune needed. Yeah, but I just to just to say mine for the listeners is when uh, they're like, they're moving in. And the guy loads the rocket. He's like, no one's getting in here alive. And then you just see Batman jump down behind him in the doorframe and disappear into the darkness. 
Fucking love that. Yeah. I think that's so cool. One of the criminals yells out to Gordon, pound tar, Gordon. And I yeah. was like, what does that mean? My wife said that as well. Like, she said that out loud. I think it was instead of eat lead, right? But pound tar just means like, what, bash your fist on the pavement? If I was if I was Gordon, I'd be on the megaphone like, I'm sorry, but I don't know what that means or what you want me <laughs> to do. Is that a euphemism for <laughs> masturbation, son? I don't... <laughs> Is this part of the negotiation tactics? I don't know. Is it like when you take a dip of chewing tobacco and you, you, you take a big pocket under your... Your lip or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't speak your language. Uh, no cap, right? <laughs> no cap. <laughs> I am not a capitalist. Uh, no cap. <laughs> Hashtag pound tar. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I do like the line, though, where Harvey says to Gordon, like, he must have pressed the right button. And Gordon replies, that's one heck of a button. I really yeah. like that, like seeing that build with him. So I laughed as well. The scene where Rupert Thorne is watching himself on the TV and his picture comes up and we just heard Commissioner Gordon. So it's obvious the same guy, Bob Hastings, is doing the voice of his henchman. And he's like, hey, nice tie, boss. And I, I paused it and I'm like, he's wearing the same exact tie on TV that he is in person. He wears that outfit every day. Do you, do you think this guy, like maybe like at Christmas, he really wanted this tie? Or... or... <laughs> Or he bought him that tie in the secret center. Yeah, River Ford's been wearing a lot. He's like, "Hey, that's a nice tie you got there, boy." So, where, where'd you get that tie from? Was that the secret center? Was that the game? Yeah, hey, I got a lousy keychain. You know, I wasn't as lucky as that beautiful tie you got. <laughs> Give me that tie. <laughs> Uh, I love that Bruce holds a fundraiser for Harvey's election campaign at Wayne Manor. Like, Alfred worked really hard decorating that place. That place is decked out for that party. Mm -hmm. And there's something really cool about Bruce holding parties at Wayne Manor. It just feels so Batman 89 for one, but also just comic book. Like, the whole facade that he's not Batman, you know, he's Bruce Wayne, he's rich. But the fucking Batcave is right underneath their feet. And I just think that's so cool. I love yeah, that. Yeah, any like, drunk person could just slip into the grandfather clock and be like, oh, I've <laughs> slips into like Robin's tights. Like, they're like, oh no. <laughs> Alfred has to kill another one. <laughs> <laughs> just down there with a shotgun. Because <laughs> you didn't see Alfred in this at all. I was like, what did you make him fucking sit in his bedroom? Why is everyone enjoyed the party i drew you a bath of blood <laughs> what's cool is that uh it must be nice for batman because bruce wayne believes in harvey dent as does batman they both care yes so yes it's something that he's like I, that's why I, i've always found the character interesting because he's like both sides of batman's duality you know he, he some could say that he is a split personality as well yeah they're both rooting for harvey dent and i i think that's really cool yeah, because obviously we don't see that with any other character in his rogues gallery. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was super rude, though, that as Harvey was giving his speech on the Wayne Manor's balcony, Gilda just starts talking to Bruce super loud about Harvey. And, like, it's pretty fucked up because everyone can hear them. And Harvey's trying to give this big speech. And she's like, yeah, so Harvey's having a rough time. And he's like, what's wrong with him, Gilda? Or not Gilda, whatever, Grace. I just thought that was really funny. Yeah. So I also love seeing Bruce flirting with the girl in the hallway, like at Dent's re-election. That was just so nice to see that, like, you know, he's still trying to be the ladies' man and, like, he's still trying to give that whole image that he's Bruce Wayne, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. But he also ditches her the moment Harvey looks to be in trouble, which I liked a lot as well. Like, that solidifies their friendship to me. Like, Harvey's in trouble. I buy. And she looks so disappointed as oh, well. Yeah, her reaction is great. Like, oh, I could have been a 
billionaire's wife, goddammit. Like, <laughs> that lady had an agenda, right? Like, yes. you can tell. Yeah. Nice subtle line when Bruce says to Harvey, you're in trouble, aren't you? And Harvey says, my friend, you don't know the half of it. And I was like, oh, you're going to be half in a minute. Well, yeah, that's true. Rupert Thorne's men picking up Harvey in a pink car was really weird. Did you notice that Rupert Thorne's <laughs> car is pink? If you mention the color of the car, we'll end you. Hey, nice car, boss. Yeah. Who got you that? <laughs> yeah, I, I remember last year's Secret Santa, right? Where, <laughs> where um, uh, the budget was like 10 grand per person, right? Because we had that huge squall, right? And, uh, yeah, I remember you bought me a pink car as a joke, but I, I drive it with pride. I love you. I'm in love with you. You might say I'm tied to you. <laughs> terrible but funny. Thanks. I tried my best. Give me that tie. Um, I did like seeing Batman telling that car, though, like hopping across rooftops and cars and shooting the tracking device on it. That was a cool little Batman moment because Batman's not really in this episode that much. It's mostly Bruce and obviously mm -hmm. focused on Harvey, which is very different than what we're used to. Um, what I thought was weird, though, is did you notice that Harvey gains super strength when he turns into Big Bad Harv? <laughs> yeah. Like, he picks up Rupert yeah. Thorne, who must be pushing like 300 and throws him like a baseball at his men. It's crazy. He, he does. And he does the classic like open hand like walk thing that this show loves to do. Where he's just like, someone's going to get these hands. Ah. <laughs> Harvey's hands. <laughs> Harvey, no. <laughs> he's just like pinching them. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just like a huge pinch on their sides. <laughs> like just no, just like purple nurples, their nipples. Like, oh. Big Bad Harvey, no! <laughs> That's what Big Bad Harvey does. Gotta give you a purple No! Tickle attack from Big Bad Harvey. I'm gonna sneak up behind you. I'm gonna use Harvey's hands to tickle you. <laughs> you do a pretty good Two-Face, so it's good. Thank you. Did you also notice that Batman does like a matador move with his cape during the fight? He's like, Tolo, and he pulls his cape away and a goon just runs through the yes. wall. A bit ridiculous. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the amazing delivery of Harvey. No. What do you think direction Kevin Conroy was given for that? Because like he's he puts it's on like, such a if... stellar performance, but it's such a weird delivery of that line. Well, Harvey No is a silly line to say anyway, so yes. it's hard to deliver it. I think it's my only direction would be like, imagine your best friend, the only like person, there's only two people you can, three people you can trust, Alfred, um, Commissioner Gordon, and this guy. And this guy's been like your ride or die friend who's, that you've had forever. And imagine turning, turning him over and something that you, an action that you caused has now made him completely scarred and disfigured. Go. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. I would probably be like, if I did that to you, I'd be like, wobbler. No. Be like, oh, for fuck! <laughs> just, just kill me, bud. <laughs> okay, it's like, did you knock over the lamp that caused this? He did it to himself. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's the lamp that caused the explosion. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Big bad Willie's coming out. <laughs> that sounds Your so big wrong. bad Willie is coming out? No, no, it's me. <laughs> It's my other personality. <laughs> it's 2023. You can't be calling that anymore. <laughs> yeah. You cannot be whipping out big bad wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God damn> it! 
tickle attack. <laughs> I'm coming behind you for a tickle attack. <laughs> with, my, with my big bad will. <laughs> I'm going to take your hand, so I'm going to put a Chinese finger trap, and I'm going to pull. You're not going to be able to get out. Oh, no, I'm stuck in a Chinese finger trap. Yeah. What other childhood things can people do? That's really funny for Two Face to do in like a fight. <laughs> I love that this is his mo now. Um, what would be like? Pull my finger. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, Big Bad Harvey's gonna clear the room. <laughs> I sweat a lot too, so the smell is it's really bad. I eat nothing but cold cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just doing the burn and just like what was the other oh, purple nurples oh he's gonna he grabs from a thorn he puts them over his shoulder and he takes it to the toilet and he's like uh time for a swirly big watches <laughs> the toilet he's pulling up people's underpants and putting it over their head atomic wedgie <laughs> He's just this high school bully. Yeah, just a classic childhood bully. <laughs> Man, oh, the two man. faces are real dick. Yeah. <laughs> Is this your lunch money? <laughs> <laughs> Is this your lunch season from the... <laughs> I don't really like it that much anyway. I'm going to eat it on my ugly sides. So you can watch it in my mouth. It's dripping out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> Same chewing it. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to be like, your mom's sandwiches suck. Yeah. They always suck. Tell Linda she could do a better job. <laughs> Tell Linda I want a PB and J tomorrow. Lin- Who's Linda? It's his mom. Fuck's <laughs> mom's name is Linda. Oh god. He's got like a Letterman jacket, just says two on it. <laughs> He's the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> this half ugly, oh, half good-looking guy. Oh, there could be a whole like teenage date movie where he's just like, she won't go to the dance with me. (laughs) (laughs) Comes down the stairs like, like, kiss me. It's like this magical moment as he's like coming down the stairs to go to prom. Where where have you taken this? (laughs) She's all that. Duh. Well, everyone's like, "Hey, why'd you take the guy with the half burnt face to prom?" Huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's like because I love him, Tommy. And he puts on <laughs> makeup, and the guy's like, "Whoa, Harvey, that's kind of pretty." <laughs> that's big bad Harvey to you, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> <Burp's nips>. <laughs> <laughs> Get burped. <laughs> Give me that forearm. Oh god! <laughs> I remember those that those twisting of the forearm was used to hurt so much to me. I hate it. <laughs> yep, yeah, those are good ones. Uh, what was it? Oh, the final one, Loogie. <laughs> he spits. Oh uh, no! Dribbling from his like big lip, like out yeah. the corner of his saggy <laughs> lip. Someone's pinned down. And he's like, yeah. let the saliva drip from his mouth. To drip it's, into the other guy's mouth. It's blue as well. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot of cool, cool blue Gatorade today. I'm dehydrated. It's pretty hot out there. As I'm sweating my ass off, I need to be hydrated. <laughs> Gotta get my electrolytes back. Oh my god, I'm crying. I like schoolyard big bad Harv. <laughs> schoolyard big bad Harv is definitely his name. That's another one of his personalities. Oh god. <laughs> 
Oh, so at the hospital, we're going back to this episode. At the hospital, the doctor explains that he can repair the damage to the physical scars on Harvey's face. And Bruce puts his hand on his chin and says, in his Batman voice, I'm more worried about the mental scars. Mm. And he says it out loud. What? <laughs> Are you Batman? <laughs> Am I not? And he looks down. He's like, oh, I'm my classic mustard and brown. <laughs> I think he meant to say that in his head, but like yeah. he just said it out loud. Just even Two Face looks at him. Are you Batman, Bruce? Alfred comes in with a shotgun. <laughs> Two shots for you, Dan. <laughs> oh God! No, I always the fix that, Alfred. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> I thought it was in my spicy breath. <laughs> You're now so it's anytime you laugh like that, you sound like the guy that's been poisoned by a, a joker. <laughs> it's like, oh no! And they come into the room. Oh no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> two, two shots for you, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining Alfred coming here just killing everyone that finds out Princess Batman is amazing. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, pull it together. So at the end of this episode, Harvey escapes the hospital, but not before seeing Grace, who faints at seeing his half-face. Harvey says goodbye to his fiance and jumps out the window. And that's the end of the episode. And I have one more question for you about this. So is Harvey now running around a very rainy night in Gotham in just a hospital gown? <laughs> because that's what it was implied. <laughs> like with his half-blue naked ass running around. <laughs> Uh, I wonder why they chose to make him blue because his classic color in the the books is like green, green or red. And then it's red, and then the movie later on did red. But this show was like nah, blue. And blue to me is like that's the look. Yeah, I agree. I think maybe it's because his suit is black and white, and maybe blue worked better with that. I'm wondering with the white hair and the blue face and the black and white kind of like you know a yin and yang that he's maybe got they going thought on. that the red was too graphic for children yes yeah because it could look like a, you know like fleshy um the blue i guess blue makes it so it seems more alien where you can get away with it more i guess yeah you're probably right and green, green would, though as well yeah but green probably looks weird with that black and white suit it's probably why they didn't do it yeah but i think it works the color palette of oh it is red me, lip it works but I'm yeah just saying it works it's really interesting well that it came out of nowhere and this is the first time that he's ever had a black and white suit. He's always had like a, you know, a very red and orange looking like checkered suit in the mm. comics. It was the first yeah, time looks, they changed He looks it. the best in this. Yeah, he does. Which we'll get to see him next episode fully, which will be great. So that is the next episode, Two-Face Part 2. <laughs> As the DC comics like to do now, Part 2. Or maybe I was thinking Two-Face, Two-Furious. That could be the next, <laughs> next name in the next episode. Oh. I don't know about that one. Come here, bring me those nips. <laughs> Give me that forearm. So we've done Love That Batman, so we'll skip over that. We'll go straight into Riddle Me This, William. Focus! 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 But you'll still have to answer the riddle. I can't believe it's luck. Oh, darn. Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. This is a game I play with my brother where I ask him several questions based off the episode we just watched to see if he was paying attention. Feel free to play along at home and let us know how you did. Are you ready, buddy, for my questions? I am. 
All right, question one. During the police raid, the criminals use a bunch of weaponry marked in crates. Where did the crates or the weapons come from? I don't know, Wayne, Wayne Enterprises? That is a pretty good guess, but no. Um, I, if I say anything of a clue, it will kind of give it away. Uh, Metropolis? No, that also would have been really cool. All your guesses are actually way cooler than what it actually is. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a point just for having a better answer. Okay. It's, it's from the U.S. Army Gotham Armory. That's where it's from. Name. Question two: What does one of the goons do that sets off Dent during the raid and brings out Big Bad Harv? Well, he very rudely scuffs up some mud and kicks onto his lovely suit. His lovely blue which, suit. Which I thought was a slight ode to his original origin of uh, Ooh. chucking like acid into his face. That is such a good shout. I kind of wish that the mud hit his face instead of his suit. That would have been way better. I love that. Drip down half his face. That would have been so cool. What a, and then uh, that would have brought out Big Bad Half for the first time. Like, come on, come Double on. points for you on that one. That's an even better story. <laughs> Uh, and also, I noticed that his blue suit is the same colour as his blue face later on, so oh, I thought it? that was interesting as well. Question three. When Rupert Thorne is watching Dent on TV, his henchman suggests putting him in what kind of suit and seeing how far he can swim? Um, is it a cement suit? Correct, buddy. Well done. I knew you'd pick up on that because it's such a gangster cool thing to say. Let's put him in a cement oh. suit and see how far he can swim. We haven't even mentioned... I haven't mentioned this yet. There's a line in this episode that I found so poetic and beautiful that I was like, this is one of my favorite sayings I've ever heard. Oh, really? What? Um, it's something that Rupert Thorne says about... Um, oh, I know what you're going to say. Yes. Where he's like, the brightest pictures always have the darkest negatives. I was the like, brighter the picture, the darker, the, darker the, negative. the negative. I was like, oh, that's so good. Because, it, you know, it's like in society when you see all these like people like, ah, he's a good church going guy and he's lovely and he's got a loving family, but ah, he actually rapes and tortures children. And you're he's like, oh big... my God. Oh my God, Bill Cosby's a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah, the uh, the picture that shines the brightest always has the darkest negative. Whatever the phrase is, I thought it was a beautiful saying. Yeah, I agree. Really well done. And in a kid's cartoon. Amazing. Yeah. Question four. What action does the hypnotherapist use to turn off Big Bad Harv and bring back Harvey Dent? Snap of the fingers. Snap of the fingers is correct. Final question. You could be sweeping the board here. When Harvey was a boy, he punched a bully to put a stop to the bullying. Uh, boy, for a nerdball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a punch, it was a nerdball. <laughs> then he heard that the bully was in the hospital, so he felt guilty, and he hid his angry side, thus creating Big Bad Hov. But the bully was not in the hospital over the punch. What was he in the hospital for instead? Appendicitis. Dude, full sweep. Didn't even pause there. Well done. That was that was five out of five. Ring-a-ding-ding. Well, I didn't not... get the first one right, but I just had better answers. That's true. Yeah, I've already forgotten about that. Your answer is the better answer. I'm still waiting to get my appendix taken up because our dad was a fat kid and then he got his appendix out and he's been a skinny man for the next 60 years. And I'm like, well, I'd like that to happen to me, please. <laughs> All right. And our final game of the day is Ace the Bat Sound.
This is a game I play with my brother where I play a character's theme tune or light motif for all you music heads out there, and Will has to guess who it belongs to. He gets extra points if he can describe what happens in the episode it's from, or if he can name the episode. Typically, the music is all from characters' first appearances in the show as well, so feel free to play along at home. All right, buddy, you ready for this theme tune? Yep. I heard you say it. You got to give everyone at home a chance to hear the whole thing before you're just like Manhattan. But yes, Manhattan. I thought you're... I was playing the game, not everyone at home. Well, you I put work into editing all of this, so let me just play my yeah, little twenty seconds. It is the Mad Hatter, and I also have a voice clip, just in case anyone doesn't know. Here's the voice clip as a clue. She's always like that when the big boss drops by. Cheer up. Mr. Wayne knows what you mean to the company. Oh, sometimes, Alice, I think you're the only one who understands me. <laughs> That's just what my boyfriend says. And then he becomes an incel. <laughs> uh, so... Can you tell me what happens in the episode or name the episode <laughs> for more points? Me and the other incels have got together. <laughs> We're going to take over the Gotham. Oh, wait, no, that's fucking the new Batman movie. Never mind. Oh, um, shade. What happens in the first Mad Hatter episode? Correct. I have no idea. Oh, interesting. Okay. Could you take a stab at naming the episode? Well, let's see. There's obviously my favorite Mad Hatter episode where he tricks Bruce. Um, into having a good life in his dream world, which is mm -hmm. not real. Um, and now I'm trying to think of any other Mad Hatter episode from the show. And I can't think of any. Okay. There's lots of good ones, actually. So when we get to them, I think you'll be surprised at how, how good they are. All right. Well, I'll tell you then. The title of the episode is Mad as a Hatter. Simple as that. Right. And the premise of the episode is he falls in love with... Uh, someone that he works with at Wayne Enterprises and obsesses over her. Her name is Alice and he ends up creating his own Wonderland. And basically she's Alice in his Wonderland and Batman has to stop him and fight all of these Was brain. He, kidnap he kidnaps her and there's all these people he kidnaps as well that like are characters in Alice in Wonderland, like the evil queen and all of that stuff. Um, it's a good episode. I enjoy it. I think the music's very good. And one thing I realized that I've not realized until I was looking for this clip is that it pulls heavily from Batman Forever, this episode. Or actually, should I say Batman Forever pulls heavily from this episode because Edward Nygma's whole plot is this mind manipulation machine, right? And mm -hmm. that's exactly what Jervis Tetch is doing at Wayne Enterprises. Bruce Wayne even comes to visit him at Wayne Enterprises with Mad Hatter's boss, who doesn't like him, and the same with Edward Nigma doesn't like him, thinks he's crap. And he obsesses over someone. Obviously, it's not Bruce Wayne. It's Alice. But still, there's a lot of similarities to Edward Nigma and uh, Jervis Tetch in the episode in the movie. So another thing that Batman Forever kind of took from. If you guys listened to my interview with Robert N. Skier, he was saying that there was a lot of things that they did in the animated series that ended up subsequently being put into Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, the Schumacher films. So I thought that was interesting. You know what's interesting? I just realized about Batman Forever. Is it like the only superhero movie where the supervillain has multiple different costumes? Like, 
that the Riddler in that movie, there's like four or five different Riddler costumes. That's true because well, Two Face changes as well. He has a few outfit changes. Does he? Yeah, he has a he has one or two besides his classic one. And you're right, Riddler changes a lot, like three or four times. Like, and that. like it's like it's like he's on the RuPaul stage because he comes out <laughs> with different hair and like like different yeah. everything, right? different masks. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, I love that once Batman figures out it's Edward Nigma in that film, he's still like, I'm still going to wear the mask, though. Like, why? <laughs> Everyone knows you're Edward Nigma. He's like, yeah, I'm going to wear the mask now. Um, um, yeah, you're just... right. I've never I've never noticed that before, but I think that's the first of its kind where they change mul- into multiple outfits. I can't I can't think of another one where they do that. No. And that was to sell toys, obviously. Right. Like if you see in those multiple outfits in the movie so. work for the cartoons so why not make it work for the movie as well it just feels very artists. rupaul like we need three uh riddler looks and someone comes like i'm bringing you riddler realness i got my head done i'm in a cat suit i'm feeling good baby <laughs> i'm bringing you the riddler at the end where he's in that silver sparkly onesie and he's got the yeah. question mark mask and he's exactly. got like the cane and the crazy hair yeah i love that, that that's a rupaul drag race winner right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> now i want to see riddler and rupaul me too That'd I want to see amazing. that as like uh, one of the things like, everyone has to come out and do different uh, Batman villains. That'd be fun. That would be cool. I love that idea. All right. Our last category of the day is what you're doing with your life. Buddy, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you thinking about? What gets you going? I've been uh, rewatching a playthrough of Resident Evil 7 and I forgot how good that game is. Oh my God. Like so good. So Oh, seven. I thought because four has been the re-release, right? That everyone's yeah, four, four is the one that's been going re-release recently, which I I have very much enjoyed. But that game is more of an action game than a horror game. Where Resident Evil Seven was uh, the first time they ever made a first-person Resident Evil game, right? And and it was real back to basics. Like you have a, like a very limited inventory of like six slots. They're not giving you much ammunition at all. And you're locked in a big spooky mansion where you have that to solve puzzles. I like that. Oh, buddy, it's great. But I, have you ever seen anything from it? Because it's it's no. this guy, his girlfriend goes missing uh, three years ago, and he randomly gets like a video from her being like, "Help me, I'm at this address." And they're they're definitely in like Louisiana or something like that because it's like near the big swamps. And it's this family that's like this southern family that's been taken over by this terrible, you know, Resident Evil like Plagueis type disease mm-hmm. where they're they all kind of look like they're in evil dead or something like that like they all look possessed rather right. than zombies and this guy has to fight through this house with all these possessed people and like the 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 game has if whatever you're afraid of it's in there are you afraid of spooky old women we got that we got spooky women in wheelchairs like oh are you, are you afraid of little girl ghosts we got that too are you afraid of like big bugs like arachnophobia they have this this one woman she turns into like this big spider creature and you're like in this house in the oh thing. does she have like a big old hat on at one point no like... that's that's resident evil 8 that's okay okay so and that that's another game where i enjoyed it but it again it, it went more into like the uh fantasy like action style where this game is just pure horror uh like you know at the end of wreck or at the end of um quarantine like the the horrible creepy witch that's like chasing them in the dark yes yes that's the vibe of this whole game because like it's you with a tiny little torch first person in this house and it's just scary as shit like i think that i think you'd really like it to be honest that sounds fun yeah 
Yeah. Sounds like my cup of tea. What else yeah. are you watching, reading, or listening? I watched to? three movies yesterday. One was good, and the two were absolute stinkers. Okay, what was the what were the stinkers? I started my day by watching the new Tetris movie because um, I'd seen it advertised everywhere. I already knew about the story of the making of Tetris because I watched a really great documentary. There's this guy on YouTube called I think he's called the Game Historian. He's been doing it for like over a decade, and he makes really wonderful documentaries about the making of certain things. Like he'll like do a documentary on like you know, like the um, the Power Glove from Nintendo and stuff. You know, it's all like this stuff right. that's interesting okay. and like niche or like this is the this is how they created Super Mario World and Super Nintendo and all this stuff. And ages ago, he did a documentary on like the creation of Tetris. And it's a very interesting story about all these people finding for the rights over this, like distrib- distribution rights for this game. But this movie just like took that and was like, well, I've seen, I don't, I haven't studied russia or soviet era russia but i i've seen a few james bond movies and i've seen it depicted <laughs> on television and i'm pretty sure as a capitalist communism is really bad so i'm not going to do any research at all and i'm just gonna shake it up soviet like like literally the only time like they go to soviet russia everything is desaturated like someone's taking the desaturation filter and just load it and everything's like, oh, here is crime. And like, oh, there's like people like queued up, like, please, my family, they're sick. They need, they need meat. And the guy's like, there's, we are all out of meat today. No more meat. And this guy comes That's up. That's your Russian like, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Please, I have family. I need to feed them. Well, I'm sorry. Communism is very bad. And this is not a very nice place. <laughs> and it's just, it's so basic. And then they, they change the origin of the creation, like, so much about how the game was like there was one really offensive scene to me which was like a slap into face to game developers everywhere he he goes to nintendo and he's shown the game boy for the first time right which is cool like you see it like in development and he's he's like he sees it and they're like playing super mario land on it and like yeah we're gonna package super mario land with this he's like hmm he's like what a what software are you using to develop these games the guy's like see he's like hmm. and he takes a floppy disk out of his pocket that says tetris on it and he plugs it into the machine that's connected to the game boy and he clicks a few buttons and suddenly tetris for game boy is up there and, he, and he's like <laughs> this is the game you need to play like ta-da i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me you gotta make different sprites for all of them it's a different aspect ratio the <laughs> colors like the spa- like the spacing it's not a few fucking button clicks it's it's a, it's a whole studio's job to create that I was fucking furious watching this. I was like, <laughs> that, uh, some fucking just guy walks in at, who's not even the creator of the game, by the way. It just goes like, mm, floppy disk, see, yeah? And he types one line of code and boom, Tetris for Game Boy. Your wife's going to send you outside. <laughs> Jeez, I actually did ha- got, get hot and I had to leave because I, <laughs> I was I was offended for the people that worked hard on that. Alfred comes in with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the rest God. of the movie was so surface level and crap. And like they added this whole, like there was these characters that were like, oh, we are Soviets and we're trying to take 50% royalties of Tetris before uh, the Soviet Union falls because we're in the know. And I'm like, none of this happened. You, These characters did not exist. Like you are James Bond villains. Like this is, and like at one point the creative Tetris like 
runs over a bunch of Soviets and he like opens his door to his car. He's like, get in. And there's a car chase. I'm like, this, none of this happened ever in the case of Tetris. <laughs> like, not at all. It was just a boring story about the fight over distribution rights because someone missigned a, a, a thing that didn't understand what PCs were. And anyway, it was one of the worst movies I've seen. Also, during the car chase, suddenly, randomly, when cars would like hit walls, they become pixelated. And I was like, why are we doing this? Oh, that's so like, weird. And I'm like, the only answer, if your answer is because it looks cool, get the fuck out. Because yeah, that makes no sense. It that's like look cool. robot zombies in that army of dead, right? Like, just because exactly. it's cool. And so then after that, I watched one hour photo, which I really enjoyed. I actually watched it because I watched the Two Face episode and it was talking about that line of like the darker the negative. And then randomly, the thought of that uh, movie. Oh, interesting. And my wife's like, I want to watch something good because that movie was shit. And I was like, you know what? I haven't seen it since 2002. We put it on. It was really good, buddy. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I should rewatch that because I remember liking it the first time and I haven't seen it like you in years. It's randomly um, on Disney Plus if you want to watch it. Yeah, I will. And then the other one that you watched that was bad based on my Oh my God. Barbarian, right? Barbarian, one of the worst fucking horror movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> fucking no explanation at all to what's like why it's going on. Uh, a stupid plot. They did the classic like student idea of like, hey, I saw Psycho at film school. Well, I'm going to kill off one of the main characters immediately halfway right. through the movie and then restart the plot again. And just like if it, if there was more emphasis on like the, oh, she is an inbred monster that lives underneath these things because the sky's been living in the ground. Rather than a passing line towards the end of the movie about it, sure, I would have been more invested. But they spent so much time setting up why she's there in this place why justin long is there like so much exposition that they did not focus on the actual interesting side of the story first and you know what's the worst is when you're watching something and you get calling what the plot is like the 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 homeless guy being like he was like ah you're totally safe here no one's ever hurt me in 15 years i'm like well he's dead and she came out of nowhere and killed him and i was like oh this is crap so yeah hated that movie it was garbage well i i wasn't going to defend it because i wasn't about to die on that hill sometimes i recommend things and you don't like it and i want to try and defend it but this one i was like i really don't care <laughs> it doesn't mean that much to me um so i've been watching like mando ted lasso um, those types of things which we've talked about and you know we love so we won't need to go into that until I think maybe the whole show is ended and then we can kind of talk about it as a whole and what we're doing with our lives so that's pretty much the show but is there anything you want to add before we jet off thank you everybody who supported my kickstarter thank you for making it a success and I'll see you if you should do and if you want to contact us to ask us any questions or to write in a caped capers scenario, you can do that by emailing batmantaspod at gmail.com or reach us on at batmantaspod on socials or at batmantaspod1 on Twitter. And please remember to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now. Well, that's all the time we got for this week. Join us next time where we'll continue talking all things Batman, the animated series. Until then, I've been Alex Robson. I've been Will Robson. And remember that we are vengeance, we are the night, we are a podcast. I'm gonna give you a purple nibble, nibble twister. <laughs> Toodles! <laughs>
word epitomizes like that time and it's y2k isn't it that's true yeah do you remember like do you remember that do you remember us being worried on new year's eve and i was like my birthday my birthday's new year's day and i'm turning (laughs) and i was turning 13 so i was like i'm becoming a teenager and the world's ending (laughs) well that's how it happened for most teenagers i suppose (laughs) yeah um i do remember i remember we were at some friend's house of the parents yes and i remember being in their front room i never i also remember never being in that house ever again yeah, you, you was it the same people we went to the Halloween party for, or was it really just a no. one time? Because they had like a beach house that we went to as well. Oh my god, you just reminded me of that the beach house. Jesus Christ, that's, that's a deep core memory, right? Yeah, there. and I remember watching. They, they like invited like what like five different families to come stay at their beach house. Yeah, and we were one of them. All I can remember is that one day was a rainy day. And I played Risk for the first time inside. Yes, and that rainy day, I watched Speed 2 Cruise Control with our mum. Oh my god, I do remember Speed 2 being on. And that's where Coffee Colada from Dunkin' Donuts. uh, That's where that comes from. Yeah. Deep cuts, deep cuts. Deep, deep, deepy cuts. Yeah, I don't know who we went to for... That's all stuff for dad. Well, he won't fucking remember. He doesn't remember shit. He doesn't remember what he fucking where he went last holiday. No. I love how we message him and he's just like, I'm in India now. I'm in here now. And we're like, all right, James Bond, calm yeah. down. <laughs> More like Austin Powers. Hey, are you struggling financially? I'm not. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, brother. All right, let's do a podcast then. You're in a rush, right? Yes. Don't want to take up your time. But be jolly, be happy. It's always nice to have some good feelings on the pod, and not Fuck just like, you. <laughs> not just like uh, watch this episode. It was good. It was good. Bye. Because that's what I do. That's how <laughs> I act on the podcast. All right, let's get this show on the road. <laughs> that's how I act on the podcast. All right, let's get this fucking shit going. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs>